dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom. Oracle Soup with your host, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thies, two saucy sisters, broadcasting from that magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas, and inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. On Facebook, like our Oracle Soup page and share your wisdom. Soup is hot and it's ready to be served. Welcome to Oracle Soup. We're so glad to have you back with us. I've got my sister here, Gina Thies. All the way in a very, it's a very hot Texas, let's just say. Still, <laughs> even though we're going to be talking about something really related to that. But I've been yeah. looking forward to some cooler and it's nice yeah. and cool out here in Oregon. This is Katrina talking from the coast next to Grandma Ocean, the Pacific Ocean. And we have very cool nights and a lot of moisture coming in and rain. So we've got these different seasons. And, you know, Gina and I were just talking about the fact that today, officially, for the Northern Hemisphere here in 2016, it's the first day of fall. And for those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, then, of course, it's going to be the first day of spring if you follow the same uh, delineations and it, we kind of got to thinking about how that also of course is reflected in the tarot sometimes when we're working with the tarot uh, it's reminding us of different seasons and all the symbolism that goes along with that especially with the elements and then at other times we're using it uh, for those folks who like to use it for timing in a reading so I think we're going to touch upon both of those things in our conversation today and we also have a very special featured card that we want to share with you the wheel of fortune and for me the wheel of fortune is the epitome of seasons change ups and downs and progress and when it shows up for a reading it shows up in my readings it's typically um you know, it's a favorite card of everyone's because they associate it with fortune and luck and, and good luck, no matter if it's uh, upright or um, reversed. And so it just depends on what other cards are surrounding it to see if that progress is helpful or a hindrance to what's going on in the circumstance of the reading. Yeah, and I think the Wheel of Fortune is perfect for talking about seasons because we often think of that wheel of fortune card as the first one that reminds us that there really are cycles in life and that there are seasons in life right so you've got your your young life you know which is your spring of your life right and then you've got the summer in the fall some of us are in the fall of our life and then of course in the winter so those are things we look at with the tarot as well and the wheel of fortune can symbolize that uh, if we want to make a little bit of a stretch when we look at your typical wheel of fortune like in the Waitsmith smith deck or something like that We've got the four elements in the four corners, which we also associate with those seasons. And, of course, it, it can change from deck to deck. But we've got the fixed fire of Leo, right? And we've got the fixed earth of Taurus, fixed water of Scorpio. And then uh, the fixed air. Now, some people think that's an angel or something like that. It, uh, there's different interpretations. Do you have a thought for that one, the, the, the fixed air? Well, if it's considered... It's Aquarius. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Aquarius, so that is an air sign. 
So the representation there to me is that of Aquarius. And so I would associate that with air. Yeah. But then I also realize that not only is it the cycles of our personal lives and the seasons of our lives and the elements of our lives, um, when we get into more the wheelishness of it, you know, when we move away from the fated or fatalistic aspects and we look more like at, well, how am I living my life? What do I find value in? What do I find fortune in? I, I like the way James Wanless talks about it in the Voyager Tarot. He says, you know, create a priority list, or maybe that's what I say. <laughs> find out what's on the top of your list, what is really important to you, and focus on those things. And the other things, just let them slip by for now. Well, the uh, goddess Fortuna is also associated with that and with the the wheel of fortune of course and what i um have have come across is the idea in the renaissance that they actually dealt with that some things are going to go your way and some things are not that's just part of the wheel of life so it's all about where again where you are in in the in the cycle right and so right. you can either be on the the upspin or the downspin <laughs> but spinning <laughs> Spinning nonetheless. And we can take that even further because uh, I was influenced by Amber Giante to begin to start thinking of the Wheel of Fortune in terms of the addiction model, for instance, or things that we have attachments to. You know, a lot of people associate the devil with addiction, but I actually think of the Wheel of Fortune as the addiction addictive pattern because of things repeating and you you continue to repeat the same pattern thinking you're going to get a different result when you don't and one way of thinking of that from my uh, studies in psychology is that addictions tend to come in pairs for instance addictions often involve self-medicating whether it's with substance places people things and the substance one's going to bring you up like coffee you know, wake you up in the morning, perhaps. And then the next self-medication might be at the end of the day when you have that beer, that glass of wine to bring you down. Oh, you know me so well. <laughs> well, let's just say it's a common thing. It's very common. Yes, common it's, very, it's very common to do that. I, I understand that very, very well. So right. we could do another show on just finding, you know, pairs in the tarot and relating them to... Easily. <laughs> These different Plus, things. Every card itself kind of has its up and its downside, absolutely, too. Absolutely, absolutely. It's yeah. all in, um, when we talk about seasons, we also talk about the elements. And one of the things I mentioned is that the um, elements also, it's like a, there's there they either help each other or they kind of um, uh, cross each other out, so to speak, right. cancel, out, cancel out. And so, yes. That's the alchemical way of thinking of yes. it. Yes. Right, so the original chemistry. Yes, and so when you're doing your, your spreads, you can think in terms of what elements and how they interact with other elements to see they, the energy, to give the, the energy right. of the sense of the situation. Do they extinguish each other, you yes. know, or do they inflame or in, intensify each other? Yes, intensify, yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So back to one last thing about the Wheel of Fortune uh, on a spiritual level, the goal then would bring to bring, and you, you were touching upon this, and this is what it made me think of it, is when you bring your focus more to the hub of the wheel and you become more in balance with life, you become more the observer of life as opposed to being on the outside of the wheel and being run over by life every now and then, thump, 
thump, thump, right? So some of us see ourselves as the victim of life and go, oh, why does this keep happening to me? And then others can move away from that victim mentality, take personal responsibility for their choices and their perceptions in life. And I truly believe on a spiritual level, that's what the Wheel of Fortune is inviting us to do. I also, last thing for me, think of it as cause and effect. So if you know that you are going to, you know, something A plus B equals C, it's already sort of faded because there's patterns that cause an end result. Going back to the addiction thing, if you know if it gets out of control, then the end result of that is some sort of downspin, down spiral, right? And so... Yeah, it's it, there are many, many interesting interpretations for the wheel. I think it's a really great card to choose for this episode. And yeah, it's, it's you know, luck of the draw. <laughs> and now we're going to explore more of the elements and how they actually show up in the minor arcana cards predominantly. Thanks for tuning in to Oracle Soup. Pull up a chair. And join Gina and Katrina for a bowl of warm and nourishing conversation. Coming up next. Welcome back to Oracle Soup. This episode, we are talking about the elements in tarot, maybe some timing. And a really big part that we wanted to start with are the seasons. Because, you know, we as human beings, we go through different seasons. We go through different seasons of our lives. For instance, we go through adolescence, childhood, right, adulthood, and then our elder years, and and then, of course, our old age, if we get to live that long. And a lot of times we associate that with different seasons, and the Tarot represents that in a variety of ways that we will be touching upon. And then the cards themselves can represent different seasons, and it can vary from deck to deck, of course, uh, depending on if you're working with a classic deck, they may have one way of relating to the seasons. If you're working with maybe a more of a Golden Dawn influence deck, they may have another association. And what I find fascinating is that, you know, there's so many different cultures around the world. You know, for myself, I'm more familiar with more of a Native American culture and maybe more of a pagan. And the way we look at seasons are a little different in terms of the association with the elements. The seasons are based on the equinox, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but there's a range, (laughs) in there it's like because when I do read for people all over the world right so it's like I have to consider when I'm looking at timing I I associate it say wands with with summer but I'm going well that's that may not be your summer though but for for my (laughs) purpose it's the summer but I give the months so with the summer months so I may say it's May June July Right. And that's what's so cool is because what you really want to pay attention to is, A, what is the designation that came from the deck you're working with? What was the intention? Because there'll be decks where they'll actually associate the elements with different colors, which go back to the seasons again, and they'll have a special border that's a color that goes along with it, like blue is going to be water, and now again, that might be summer season for some decks, or could be a different association for others. Right. Same thing, you know, uh, I've, I've seen the association of air with fall, and earth with winter. Earth with winter is almost across the board fairly almost consistent. A, almost, almost across the board, which are uh, yes, the the pent- disc or pentacles. Um, like when you think from a color wheel perspective, blues are typically cool colors, right? So that would be mm-hmm. cool seasons. 
but <laughs> it's it's not, it doesn't necessarily translate. I think the most important lesson here in terms of learning about elements and using the elements, there's also an elemental um, aspect that is more from the magical perspective, which has nothing to do with hot or cold. It's about energy. Uh, and so it, it's, it's like you have to look at what works in terms of... I, you know, all the bottom line says, what are you, what's, what's coming from you? But if you decide that it is that particular um, correspondence that works for you, then work with that until you don't, because sometimes it's, I may have a, a, a wand into me that says the fire energy, which is really fast, but air is faster. So in terms of timing, it may be something that's not necessarily months away in the summer, but happening relatively fast, Um, faster than say, if we were looking at a pentacle. So there's, (laughs) there's that aspect of it too. And so I think it's really interesting to look at different where you are in the world and how you receive a deck that has been based on being in another hemisphere. So that's, how, true. You know, you've got to work with those um, and depending where your client is. So that's I always have to translate and say, OK, for me, it's summer. But what is it for you during, you know, May, <laughs> October, June, whatever, you know, so you have to check and don't just assume it may work out that. Yeah, you told me it would be this this time. It's like, yeah, it's my summer. And for you, it's like a different season. Yeah. So that's something you'll want to pay attention to is the seasons of your deck, the seasons of where you are, the seasons where your client is and the seasons relative to the timing that you may be looking at in the reading but going back to the elements elements have a lot of interesting ways of being used in the reading and if we just look at the elements for what they are we've got the elements of air for instance and air can for most of us has to do with the mind ideas ego thoughts um ego attachments uh things that are our projections. Psychologically, I do think of it of our perceptions. And when I think of a sword, I think of something that cuts through the air. I usually associate with the element of air. And so it's double-edged, just like our own brain. It can cut both ways. It can be used to heal, but it can be used to harm. And it can be very, very pointed, just like our thoughts can be very pointed. So I do tend to like to associate the swords with air. But air would still have the same kind of qualities about truth and and maybe even justice. And so when you're doing a reading and you see a lot of air in the card or just air comes up as a, let's say, if you're doing a lot of cards in your reading, it could come as an overwhelming element, you know, one that's very, very predominant. Then you're going, well, there's a lot to do with thoughts, maybe even confusion or perceptions. And so that kind of gives you an idea where to go with that reading. Swords being pointy represent typical challenges. And it's about the challenge of making a clear decision, making a clear effort to actually making a judgment call, making a judgment call, rationalizing. I just do a simple division of, you know, you got head, you got heart, (laughs) you you got something in between, you got the, 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 the concrete, what's 3d, what's real, what's practical. And so, but, um, so let's go to the heart. What's the element for the heart then? That would be cups and water. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, um, swords in the system I use actually is associated with spring. So um, again, you have (laughs) elementally air, 
spring mm-hmm. being yes. the season it's associated with, but it may be something else in another system. So right. um, it's, it's you just got to develop your own you have system. To, you, sure, you know yeah. the bottom line. Every day, talking to students and other tarot enthusiasts, it's, I, I say, you know, at the end of the day, when you're sitting across from a client, <laughs> you're mm-hmm. what you know. Your knowledge is helpful, but sometimes that goes out the door but you have and you have to understand what it means to you what you're associating it with what it feels like what your intuition says um and and to 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 go with that and that's why you notice i said time tested for me over a period of reading as long as as many readings as i've done i started to look at what's you know what's coming up that's where tarot journal comes in handy right if you want to practice with doing predictive readings you can look at doing readings um, or noting readings that you've done and just you know you always say there's room for error i always tell people there's room for error However, it looks like this time of this is what it is. And when you're working with those cards, some of the images that might show up on the card set are associated with the element of air. It could be things like clouds or the the impression of wind or sky. Uh, Or, of course, on the other side, it could be sharp objects like knives and and swords, glass, daggers, scythes. And then if depending on what deck you're working with, the name may not be swords. It could be spades or arrows or weapons or blades or crystals or I think ghosts in the Halloween tarot. Would that be the ghosts? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. So the cups, the water, you mentioned that a moment ago. So now that's a whole nother element. And of course, it could be associated with a couple of different seasons. But what we're looking at then are these things like goblets right or we're looking at bowls or vessels or maybe even crescents or spheres or chalices or just plain you know yeah, playing cards some, have hearts on them something that receives right yes it's about reception it's a container just like your heart's the container so that yes. it's been associated with matters of uh, emotional well-being um, decision making uh, in terms of how you feel about things so it's the the feeling card the feeling suit yes. right yes. um in yes. terms of element water well it's weird because it's like water is sometimes equated with the subconscious right it, and, it can be yes and so you, you you have to it's tricky there of thinking about where the subconscious is in right. maybe this realm right but <laughs> uh it's it's a whole different other uh way to it's the to, intuitive knowing side of it as opposed to the intellectual knowing of it i think right you know However, we, we think of it the subconscious like, below the surface unconscious another water. topic then what's the <laughs> you know when you think of the four functions then you think about the intuitive and that's a whole other way right. of pulling in information so it can get really really you know we and i would i want to say this that discussion. for another show. yeah yes. about what is what it <laughs> It, thinking of all ahead about what the intuition is and how those are interchanged, but the feeling is uh, really, to me, the one that is kind of what we think of as the intuitive, right? It's like it's how so, we're sensitive, how we're feeling, right? How we, uh, how it's a well. If you look at it, at how it's affecting us emotionally which is why sometimes it's difficult to read for yourself because you're in the mix of you know the emotional feeling part of it and how you would want it to be and you know getting that sense of normalcy back and it's like really difficult but anyway it can be associated with things like mary greer i love the way she associates it with virtues like uh creative visualization 
and imagination and inner awareness, which I think also kind of ties in with the dream time. And the dream time, again, goes back to the moon and back to the water and below the surface to things that are not consciously visible. So there's kind of like the both sides of the mind in a way. You know, there's the conscious linear cutting the sword side, and then there's the more uh, creative flowing side. Well, when I think about when I in in terms of association, how I made myself understand it is that a feeling type could actually feel a beautiful day. A thinking swords type could not feel that beautiful day. They could abstract and tell you the bigger picture of why it's a beautiful day, but they can't feel it. That's a great point. Thank you for that. And they would use different words. A, a cubs person would describe emotions. You know, they would talk about. They would actually may say, "I feel," or you know, "how how I moved." You know, and they could tell you all of these adjectives that are very emotional. The swords <laughs> type would not be able to do that you know so already we have this interesting contrast then between the the mental and the emotional i really do see that as an interesting dynamic and just another little point about this is some of the symbols you might want to look for in your cards obviously it's going to be like any kind of body of water or flowing but also wombs you know or pregnancy flowers obviously hearts water creatures like dolphins uh goblets and uh, and even the moon itself, you know, can represent that. Well, I'm the idea. I'm doing fountains, so <laughs> yes, fountains flowing. And and here's the last thing I want to say about it is when it comes up in a reading, one of the things I like to pay attention to is what's going on with that water. Is it flowing? Is it frozen? Is it dammed? Is it really hot and steamy? You know, so I'm really going to look at what's because that's going to tell me what kind of mood is happening. Right. And the association in terms of season that I've used for cups has been uh, autumn or fall. So um, that may, again, that's that's open to experimentation. Yes. And, but it's like what, what you have traditionally it's associated with versus what you think it, uh, how it personally shows up. Uh, I would too, is, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Wands, wands have to do with, usually with fire. Again, it depends on what deck and tradition you're working with wands can be clubs or staves or batons or spears or rods or pipes or scepters or what i love in the voyager deck hands because if you think of it it's the energy that passes through the hands and i think of the fire as not only something that you can sense the warmth of right if you actually had a fire in front of you but it to me tends to represent this invisible energy it's a thing that's not tangible and yet it has uh, a presence and it changes things it's transformational right elements seasons timing uh fire tends to be uh, again the fastest one of the fast elements like after after air i think um and it tends to if you ever have well hopefully not but anybody out there with a fire a firefighter and their family uh, may be able to say it, it, how quickly fire can consume things so um, it is about consumption and uh, there's only a very few things that can really put a fire out you can uh, <laughs> you don't want to you know how they tell you, you don't want to use water when there's an oil-based fire because it can really spread everywhere I think you know fire is one of those things that we it's hard to control just like air like you can't 
you know, you, you can, without like a fan, uh, how do you control fire? It's only going to do what it wants to do, right? So <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a very um, unpredictable um, energy as yeah. well. And when I look at it in relation to um, seasons and elements, again, for me, wands have been fi- uh, summer and the summer weather. We get a lot of unpredictable weather. It, it's 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 one of the you know that timing where your hurricane seasons uh, are happening in in our neck of the woods, and so uh, it's it really affects things really differently. And when, in a reading, when there's a lot of wands that show up, I I really tell people this person will be wishy washy or go eat you know kind of if anyway or this situation could go any sort of way there's no way to really control it so you've got to work with with, with what you can control (laughs) so that kind of goes back to the energy but it's how the human being is channeling that energy you know do they have control over it do they not have control over their energy their expansiveness their explosiveness you know anything that's been activated within them or that they've been inspired to do you know that fire within you can be very inspirational and that's why a lot of the older decks will show people kind of fighting with wands because it's talking about the exertion of energy and where they're choosing to focus their energy but in some of the more modern decks tend to think of it in terms of your spiritual energy for instance your spiritual awareness so it can go a couple of different ways from all that physical exertion to actually spiritual awareness and these are some of the images you would look for in your tarot cards obviously you'd look for things like candles and flames or matches volcanoes i always look for volcanoes uh plants like sunflowers now a classic would be salamanders right lions of course leo that fixed fire energy of the summer and uh cats you know can be a symbol of that so or growth anything that's growing like you'll see that that club and it's got the little leaves growing out of it so there's something about growth that is also symbolic of no, the that's wants the energy, and the energy. Uh, when you think about the creative energy that's going on with for growth to happen that yeah that's how i relate to that too and lastly we want to cover pentacles Pen- earth earth <laughs> The elemental uh, correspondences, yes, Earth, and uh, across the board, we thought that uh, Pentacles in terms of season was the end of the winter. year, winter for uh-huh. us. That energy um, elementally tends to be very slow. Um, it's the slowest at the bottom <laughs> moving. Right. And so when you look at timing and uh, uh, taking time to do things, things happen much slower. Uh, it's like the process of manifestation. Sometimes we don't have instant manifestation. Uh, it takes a while for that to, to happen. But It's more it's, dense. It's more dense. Uh, yeah. In terms grounded, of, grounded. Yes, yeah. If you have a lot of uh, pentacles that show up in your your readings, you may even feel like it's hard to really get through explaining what's going on because the pentacles are there. So when I think of the pentacles, I actually in the earth, I think of things that are tangible and physical. So it's not just the coins. And the health issues that the old traditions looked at is all things physical, all things tangible. Right. And when I did the division earlier saying, you know, swords were starting at the head, pentacles Mm -hmm. and at the feet. So you think about things that are in real life, things that are tangible, things that are down to earth. The name that shows up in some of the decks other than just pentacles is we'll have coins, discs, but we can also have stones, shields, 
worlds like in the Voyager deck and some of the actual symbols in the cards obviously are things like money <laughs> or platters you know round circular things stones themselves uh, the actual fruits of the earth you know like apples etc uh, also someone who's doing their craft you know that's going to be very earthy and, and associated with money machinery uh, also animals such as the bull and or cows goats and planets right the ox would be ox the ox yes (laughs) and so that kind of goes back to when you look at things like the the wheel of fortune or the world card the world itself being very earthy you're going to have those four elements and those four symbols and the four corners that represent the very fixed uh symbolisms you're going to have the bull for earth right and leo for fire well, from in terms of yeah, in terms of if you're relating it to uh, the the seasons and the symbolisms for the zodiac signs, but they're also associated with the four evangelists, and they, <laughs> you, you know, we could go on whole, and on, which is a whole other whole other aspect of it. But you will typically see that. I mean, that's that's yeah. the when you go in um, um, churches and cathedrals, those those four things are there they'll have an ox you know they'll have an angel or, or a man right they'll have a lion and uh, they'll have the eagle so they'll also have it in masonic lounges and museums yeah <laughs> it's like you can, it's just you can't stop but those are also about the progression of the equinoxes too which is another whole other talk show and so. now we're like full circle <laughs> so thank you for being with us enjoying and going through these seasons together so whether they're your internal seasons or the external ones that we observe in the world around us or the people around us and how the cards themselves can represent that right and just keep in mind also as we close that a lot of things are interchangeable and i also say you test and experiment don't just you know to to become knowledgeable it means about knowing what you are dealing with knowing how it relates to you and your process so take the time to do that we'd love to hear from you we'd love your thoughts comments and suggestions for shows even spending time with us at Oracle Soup. We invite your comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, also named Oracle Soup. Be sure to visit our website, oraclesoup.wordpress.com for hot new servings of our saucy talks, as well as past podcasts stored in our Oracle Soup pantry. And visit our individual websites and learn more about our dynamic offerings. Katrina Wynn, at tarotcounseling.org. Counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G. And .org is like Oregon. Gina Thies at tarotadvisor.com. Advisor spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This podcast is intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now. <laughs>